Marketing is an investment. It is not a cost. It is not an expense. It is an investment and it has to be seen as that. You can have great visuals, great tagline, but if your employees aren't living that experience every day, there's a massive breakdown. So that leg of your employees has to live your brand. No matter what you say your experience is, your employees have to live it every day. So is that alignment? You're listening to Banking on Digital Growth with James Robert Lay, a podcast that empowers financial brand marketing, sales and leadership teams to maximize their digital growth potential by generating 10 times more loans and deposits. Today's episode is part of the Exponential Insights series, where James Robert Lay interviews the industry's top marketing, sales, and fintech leaders, sharing practical wisdom to exponentially elevate you and your team. Let's get into the show. Greetings and hello. I am James Robert Lay and welcome to episode 254 of the Banking on Digital Growth podcast. Today's episode is part of the Exponential Insight series and I'm excited to welcome Mark Arnold to the show. Mark is the president of On The Mark Strategies, a consulting firm specializing in branding and strategic planning for financial brands. Now, I've known Mark for almost two decades and today I look forward to talking with him about how you, the dear listener, can market through tough economic times because I want to guide you, I want to empower you, I want to help you maximize your future growth potential. Welcome to the show, Mark. It is good to share time with you today, buddy. James Robert, it is an honor to be on the podcast. You are a dear friend and just it is great to be with you to talk all things growth, even as we had any potential economic downturn. Credit unions and banks can still grow. I'm looking forward to talking about that today. They can, and it has been far too long since you and I have connected. It's always great to connect with old friends on the podcast, to take everything that you know, everything that you have learned, to share it with others so that they can get even better, so that they can help even more people, whether they're a bank, a credit union, a fintech. And before we get into talking marketing through tough economic times... I always like to start off on a positive note. What has been going well for you personally or professionally? It's always your pick to get started. Absolutely. What's been going well personally is became a grandfather recently. Our first grandchild was born about 30 days ago. So that's been a huge blessing for our family as it grows and uh, loving that aspect of it. A whole new world uh, out there for me personally. So that's fantastic. And then on a professional basis, we just hired a new Uh, account executive, Daniel Bradshaw out of Ohio. So he's on board with us now. Our team continues to grow as we continue to serve more community banks and credit unions uh, in the strategic planning space and in the marketing space. Well, growth is definitely the theme of this conversation, whether that be personal growth with the welcoming of of a grandchild. And we're at a different stage in life, my wife and I. We have four now that are 12, 10, 8, and 6. So we're not there yet. Although what I hear from grandparents is they're fantastic because you can love them all you want. And then whenever you're finished, they can go back home with parents, mom and dad at the end of the day. So we'll get there sooner uh, rather than later for sure. And then also you're growing with a new account executive with Daniel coming out of Ohio. But here we are, some potentially tough economic times ahead for a lot of organizations, including banks, including credit unions, including fintechs. Before we get there, I want to just go back in your mind because you've been thinking about marketing for for now close to 30 years. Yes. And not just marketing. I think the key is strategic marketing. What has surprised you most? If you think back to the start of this decade, let's just go back to 2020. And we all know what has 
has happened through the COVID experience. But what has surprised you most about marketing over the past couple of years? I think that digital and experience are blending together. I think that's what surprised me is, you know, for a while it was the prediction of uh, the branch is dead, the brand is all going 100% tech. The reality is the hybrid approach, the mm-hmm. digital strategy has seemed to be what most institutions are migrating to, where digital has to drive so much of the experience and the success, but you've got to overlay that with some type of physical. So the digital strategy, that surprised me, that that seems to have caught on is, is a digital uh, approach to that. And then also how much experience and marketing now are blending together. The fields of HR and marketing are blurring, are coming together because they're seeing so much that HR has to, that marketing is driving HR. So I really think marketing is becoming the driver. The most successful community banks and creators are ones that are really being marketing driven, not necessarily financial driven. Mm. Right? They're marketing drive the bus. And that really makes on a strategic level. When you have that happen, you have success. So marketing is becoming far more strategic and less tactical. And, and, and that's another trend that we're seeing. And, and, or at least the ones that are having success yes. are doing that. I, as, you, as you're talking about the blending of the physical and the digital world, I think about a couple of events that I facilitated for one of Italy's top three banks, probably mm-hmm. it was like 2017, 2018, 2019, and they were actually talking about, I think the, the, the perspective of these events, it was physical, and it was the idea of blending the digital and the physical spaces together. But back to your point about marketing and HR alignment, Yes, I would concur with that. Everything that I am reading and researching at a macro level and then taking that down into the micro level of different organizations, I think where my mind was when I wrote Banking on Digital Growth, it was about marketing and sales alignment. But as we're looking ahead towards this decade, you talk about experience. The idea, you know, if we think of 2010 to 2020, being focused on CX, customer experience or MS member experience with your credit union, as mm-hmm. we're looking ahead to 2030, I think the big trend is going to be EX, which is employee experience, and that's marketing, marketing and HR. Yeah, as you know, as an example, we help create unions and, and banks all over the country with their with their branding. And so we say when you're building a brand, it really is great brands are built by people. And there are three legs to the brand triangle. The first leg is leadership. Mm-hmm. So your board, your executive team, right? They have to lead the brand. Second leg, they might be your consumers. They have to you know love the brand. But boy, that's... Thirdly, your employees, they have to live the brand every single day. So you can have great marketing, great visuals, great tagline. But if your employees aren't living that experience every day, there's a massive breakdown. So that leg of your employees has to live your brand. No matter what you say your experience is, your employees have to live it every day. So is that alignment? Alignment is so important these days, and you've got to have alignment in your organization. I, I want to bring this back for the dear listener because I think what you unpacked is extremely powerful. Those three areas, leadership lives the brand, right? So, so yeah, leadership leads the brand. Leads, they set the vision. They, 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 gotcha. they set the they, they set the vision. They talk about the niches, the target audience. They're leading the brand. Then your employees, the second leg, they have to live the brand. And as a result, the consumers love your brand. So lead it, live it, and then people will love it. I That's the philosophy. That's the triangle we use. I appreciate that perspective because it's very simple to understand and assess and audit against because you can begin to see where there are breakdowns in each one of those areas. Gaps, right? Every community 
bank, every craving have brand gas. We all do. Yep. And the key is you've got to be able to, you said the word assess. You've got to be able to assess where are your brand gaps at the leadership level, the consumer level, the employee level, because we all have them. You've got to be able to assess that. Uh, here's an example. We were doing a marketing assessment for one of our clients, large, large uh, financial institution, multi-billion, and they were about to enter some new markets. So mm-hmm. they're trying to grow. They kind of just kind of hit a plateau. They're going to go to some new markets. So they decide, hey, we need to do an assessment to determine where are we, what's working, what's the good, the bad, and the ugly. And yep. we give you that. And so their CEO said something after we completed the assessment that just stopped me dead in the tracks. And she said, we have learned to glance at our competitors and glare at ourselves. Mm. Glance at our competitors and glare at ourselves. That's the whole focus of the assessment. We come in and we tell you what's the good, the bad, and the ugly of your marketing. And we give you strategies and tactics to improve those steps and improve those areas of marketing. Yeah. And that's so true. We think, oh, we, we, we want to look at our competitors. What are they doing? Oh, let's race and do what they're doing. What if you looked at yourself and say, where can we close our brain gaps? And then that leads to growth. You glance at your competitors, you glare at yourselves, and you will grow. I appreciate the idea of gaps. This is one of the perspectives I'm sharing in my second book, Banking on Change, because you can either be growth bound or you can be stuck in the gap. And when you're stuck in the gap, you're often griping about problems. And I think here's the thing, when we get stuck in the gap as an individual, as a team, as an organization, nothing wrong about getting stuck in the gap. We've all been there. It's when we choose to stay in the gap and continue to gripe about problems and do nothing, that's when the pain really begins to intensify. Otherwise, we can make a conscious choice to apply the recommendations, for example, that you're sharing, to apply those strategies, to apply those tactics, get out of the growth gap, and once again, get growth bound going forwards, onwards, and upwards into the future, right? It's all about implementation, Yep. right? You can have the best plan in the world, but it doesn't get implemented. If it's just sticking on a shelf, it does you no good. According to the balance scorecard, 90% of all strategic plans fail to get implemented. Why? Because they're just stuck on a shelf. They don't go back to them. They don't, they don't have a system in place. That's the, they do not have a system. The clients we work with that have the best success, we help them with implementation and a system to implement their plan. You've got to take this two or three year strategic plan and boil it down to 90 day strategic sprints that actually get implemented. It's all about traction and implementation. That's the difference. Let's talk about this for a moment because I think as we're looking ahead to some really tough economic times, the more that we can get ahead of some of the potential problems that we have faced historically, the more that we can guide people through these tough economic times. You mentioned balanced scorecard. 90% of strategic plans don't get implemented. I think about my own self and the last Mm -hmm. 20 years of, of guiding financial brands along a digital growth journey for the first 10 years it was the agency model and then Mm -hmm. it was more of a consulting model and I would say for the last five years it's been more of education and coaching and the reason that I'm leading with education and coaching is back to your point of the lack of implementation was driving me absolutely crazy and I was I was seeing you know we'd go in and we would do a diagnostic and then we would provide a digital growth strategy and Mm -hmm. and then you know 80 90 percent of the time nothing would happen maybe 10 to 15 percent we'd get some traction there and then I'm, I kept saying, why? And I think it was a lack of knowledge. It was a lack of clarity into what yes. what they should do next. Even though that they had the roadmap, some of the, the recommendations, it was very new to just their, th- it was a paradigm shift. And that was the whole reason I wrote Banking on Digital Growth to begin with. It was to provide a strategic playbook. It was to provide a path for marketing, sales, right. leadership teams 
And I think I'll, I got to the point of frustration where I heard marketing teams lament and complain that they were viewed by others internally as glorified in-house kinkos or worse, mm-hmm. kids that yeah. play with paint and crayons. And I've often said that this is a symptom of marketing having a marketing problem internally within a financial brand. What's your take on this? Why is marketing viewed historically as a cost and an expense? And and what are the opportunities for marketing to reposition themselves internally as a collaborative growth team with sales, with leadership, with operations? Absolutely. Well, for marketing is an investment. It is not a cost. It is not an expense. It is an investment. And it has to be seen as that. I think from a marketing perspective, we have to understand at market, in, in a marketing sales area, we need to solve problems. We are problem solvers. What's the problem? We're not growing. In, in a lot of finances, they're not growing to, to the rate that they want to. They're not growing new consumers or new customers, new members. They're not growing mm. uh, in loans. So that's the problem. So the solution then is marketing needs to be involved in those growth discussions. And it really is about growth. What can you in marketing do to accelerate growth, to achieve the numbers? Marketing is strategic. And marketing is about growth. It is not an investment. And you have to be at those strategic conversation levels because marketing can't be seen as tactical. And it's not tactical. Mm-mm. It is strategic. And it has to be a seat at the table. It has to understand the whole, where, where are we trying to grow? As James Collins famous, you begin with the end in mind. Okay, if we're wanting to grow to X number of size, billion dollars in assets, whatever it might be, well, how are you going to get there? You're not going to get there by shrinking marketing, right? You're not going to get there by just doing what you've been done every single year. Marketing has changed forever and you have to change with it. Or you're, you're going to plateau. You're not going to grow. Marketing is the solution. Marketing is not the problem. It is the solution. Digital growth is a journey from good to great. But sometimes this journey can feel confusing, frustrating, and overwhelming. The good news is you don't have to take this journey alone because now you can join a community of growth-minded marketing and sales leaders from financial brands and fintechs who are all learning, collaborating, and growing together. Visit digitalgrowth.com insider to learn more about how you can join the Digital Growth Insider community to maximize your future digital growth potential. Now, back to the show. Well, let's look at everything going on right now in the present moment. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about some of these roadblocks. Let's dive deeper into the roadblocks, the challenges that financial brand marketers must be aware of to go beyond where we're at right now in the present moment. What are the dangers that threaten right. marketing's future growth potential? Three come to mind. Number one is the e- economic potential economic downturn. The temptation is going to be fight or flight, right? Yep. We're going to contract. We're going to contract. That's what most organizations do. You're going to have to fight that, though, and actually invest during economic downturn. Tim Cook, CEO of Apple, famously says, we believe in investing during downturns. Yep. Now's the great time, but that's going to be the first temptation is just, just the economy in general, the financial number crunchers, where are they going to cut first? Marketing and then training, yep. which is awful. Those are great short-term success, maybe long-term horrible. That's one thing you're going to have to fight is that is that uh, process of the economy. Number two goes well in hand of that is the mindset that goes with the potential economic reset. The typical mindset is what do most organizations do during economic downturn? They cut, Right. The temptation is going to be to pull back. You have to take risk, right? Now is actually the time to invest double down on your marketing. Some of our most successful clients, they're actually investing more in marketing as they head into 2023 because they know it's going to yield better results than ever. The temptation is to pull back, but you never grow by contracting. 
I'll say it again, you never grow by contracting. So the second thing you have to fight is the mindset, right? You to fight the economy, you have to fight the mindset that is there. And the third thing is just the revenue squeeze, right? It's very real. Fee income's going down, competition greater than ever, the economy is there, just a whole revenue squeeze. So you have to understand what's gonna be your model moving forward. How are you gonna make money? Your business model at financial institutions is going to need to change, yep. right? You're gonna to have to look at alternative revenue sources. What are those going to be? The next five years will look nothing like the last two years. We're in a rising rate environment for the first time in 20 years. So your business model is going to have to change. So you're gonna to have to have these hard discussions on the economy, hard discussions on your mindset, and hard discussions on revenue and your business model. Those are some of the potential roadblocks uh, that marketers have to be prepared to discuss. I agree with you about resisting the temptation to contract. It takes a tremendous amount of courage to expand and to continue to grow. But you recently published an article where you noted a Harvard Business Review uh, perspective yep. that stated, quote, firms that cut costs faster and deeper than rivals don't necessarily flourish. They have the lowest probability of pulling ahead of the competition when times get better. And that's the thing. Times will get better. Spring always comes after winter. But I think for a lot of financial brands, like you said, you know, we haven't experienced this in, in 20 years. And I think about myself, I've been doing this now for 20 years. When you, when you think about marketing teams and, and budgets getting cut, what would you recommend to leadership teams that are either A, considering cutting marketing? And I've had multiple conversations at this time, you know, with organizations who, who have said that we're cutting marketing budget. I'm like, well, why? Why are you doing? Well, because it's leadership. It's because the numbers people, that's what they want to do. I disagree with it. You disagree with it. We can look at third-party research that disagrees with it. It's, I think, human nature. It's the mindset that you're talking about. It's, it's the fear. What would you recommend to leadership teams that have cut or are looking at cutting marketing? I would start off by saying, what do you want next year to look like? Okay, what do you want? What, what are your goals? What do you want? Like, do you want to grow during economic downturn? Just do you want to grow your assets? Do you want to grow your number of consumers? Do you want to, what do you want to do? Well, they're all going to say, we want to grow, right? Everybody still wants to grow. So then you start that if you want to grow, how do you grow? You don't grow by cutting marketing mm. because less people will know about you. Less of your consumers will do business with you. You do not grow by contracting. So if you want to grow, you need to actually invest more in marketing and more in your people. Right? You need to hire for growth and you need to invest for growth. In the past several years, some organizations, credit unions and community banks, have grown just by osmosis. Mm. We just grown because the economy is growing, the government's pumping money, and we just grown. Has that been intentional? That's Exactly. It has not been intentional. And now you're going to have to be intentional yep. with your growth, which means you need to invest in some of your longer term products, invest in your digital platform, invest in your consumer experience, invest in getting your members to know who you or consumers to know who you are. Right. You're going to have to do that again. Begin with the end in mind. As Colin says, if you don't want to grow, then cut market. Right. If you don't want to grow, cut it. But if you want to grow, then you need to invest in marketing. And I'm not saying just willy nilly. You need to be wise with how you spend your money. You need to get an ROI on those things. Of course, uh, that's very important. But you need to still the, the just 
randomly say, we're going to cut marketing 10% or we're going to cut it, whatever. We, we just got to get this. We got to get to that number. <laughs> no, that's, that's the, that's the worst way to do budgeting. You know, the best way to do budgeting is to do it on a task or goal base. What are our goals? What's it going to take to get to those goals? I want to loop back because you said something I think was very important. You said we need to market for growth. We need to hire for growth. And I want to add a third perspective here, which we touched on before because you said marketing gets cut, training gets cut. We need to train for growth because I think that's that's how we solve the mindset problem there. Because if you think about like when, when times get tough, people are going to start wondering they're going to start feeling confused. They're going to start feeling some conflict. They're going to start feeling some chaos, but it's the idea of education. There was an article from McKinsey that noted in a question, are you a team of learners or do you learn as a team? And the, and the article went on saying, quote, team learning is vital because teams, not individuals are the fundamental learning unit in modern organizations. This is where the rubber meets the road. Unless teams can learn the organization cannot learn. So let's dive into this because I think right along, you know, cutting, if you will, marketing, you know, cutting education, what's the danger here? And I think it's, what's the long-term danger that we need to address, particularly around the idea of like leadership? The, the danger is just that, is your leadership gap grows. If you're not investing in your leaders, you will not grow as an organization. John Maxwell famously says, everything rises and falls based on leadership. So what are you doing to invest in your current leaders and your future leaders as well, right? Are you developing them? Are you growing, right? We work with a lot of Cretans all across the country and community banks on their leadership. We have like 75 different leadership models where we come in and we train your your, your, your managers or executives to how to be a leader. There's a massive difference between being a manager and being a leader. Mm-hmm. And our Cretans that have the best financial success are the ones that have invested in their leadership. There's a direct correlation between leaders growing and you achieving your financial growth goals. And I can cite multiple clients on that that have done that. Why? Because fish rot from the head down. Yeah. Right? Fish rot from the head down. And so you got to be able to, a lot of times you don't have a growth problem. You don't have a loan problem. You don't have a technology problem. Yeah. You have a leadership problem. Right. And so you've got to invest and improve your leaders. You improve the entire organization. So, yeah, pull back on that at your own peril. You know, and what are you doing to invest in the future of those? Because the reality is, you know, who are your up and coming stars that you can develop and grow? Right. Give them that opportunity to grow and, you know, and invest in the digital growth institute. Do those things that are going to grow you uh, personally and professionally. You said something and I love the analogy fish rot from the head first. But I want to come back to what you mentioned. There's a difference between managers and leaders. And I want to yes. I want to dive into that to get a real clear distinction because I don't think that we consciously think about this a lot of times. What is the difference here to be aware of? And then I want to loop back into the idea of investing into future leadership. So let's take the, the leader versus manager perspective first. Yeah. So leader and leadership is all about influence. When you are a leader, you are influencing those around you. A true leader knows where they're going and they can get others to go with them. That's a leader. A manager is someone they're going to cross the T's, dot the I's, do the performance reviews, punch a clock, but no one is really engaged. You know, quiet quitting's happening. We're having, you know, the mass resignation, all those things that are, you know, hot buzzwords today. But the reality is people don't quit organizations. They quit bosses. Right. And so if you can improve your leaders, you have higher employee engagement. 
if you're griping or concerned, our employees aren't engaged. They're not buying into our brand. Well, you know what? That actually might be because your leaders aren't. Mm. And so focus on your leadership. Grow them. Grow the whole organization. I'm going to make an honest admission publicly here because this has been an area that I've struggled with. And it's taken a lot of self-awareness to get to this point. I would say I'm more of a great leader. I'm a visionary. I can see into the future, bring the future into the present moment, inspire and influence people to say, hey, let's go in this direction. I'm a horrible manager. Um, and I, and I'm, I'm, different in, skill set. I'm admitting that uh, because it is a different skill set. So what are the differences like down to a skill level between, once again, you know, being an amazing leader inspiring and i i love the word you shared influencing people versus the struggles like for me like to, to try to get me to manage something in the present moment i've just finally given up and say like i have to get other people who are better at that type of a skill what's the difference between these two so skill sets? managers focus on task mm-hmm. leaders focus on people that's the number one difference managers focus on task Leaders focus on people and not that tasks are wrong. No, not that you don't need managers. Right. And then also I think managers focus on today. Leaders focus on tomorrow. Mm. Right. And, and, and you need to, right. You need to focus on what needs to be done today, but you also need that leader who is focusing on the future. Those are two big differences. I think between managers and leaders uh, is it, kind of the focus side of stuff. Uh, and you need to really focus on your best people. Does that kind of answer that question at a high level? It really does. And, and I want to reference a a, another podcast that I had with Audrey, who is our operations lead here. Mm-hmm. It's part of the behind the cover series where we talked about a fantastic book um, called the coaching habit, say less, ask more and change the way you lead forever. Because I think you're right. Leadership is more about people where the coach yes. or where the, the, the managerial perspective is about, and you have to have both. They work in tandem. Um, mm-hmm. You can't have one without the other. So this is where I want to go back to the flip side of, you know, if, if we look at cutting education, um, we know the dangers there. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's look at the opportunities to really double down on educating leaders to empower others, to guide others, to guide people, their teams, through tough economic times because many leaders today, unless you've been around for a couple of decades, have not had the opportunity to lead through tough, challenging times. I think back to 2008 and leading through that time period, mm-hmm. but in, you know, unless you were there, you, you don't really know what it feels like just yet. So right. what are the opportunities here? I think there's some great opportunities just on a, on a high level and tactical level. One is there's an opportunity actually to invest in the economic downturn. It's a huge opportunity. Do not see the economic downturn as a horrible thing or as a bad thing. Actually change your mindset and understand that the economic downturn is an opportunity, right? It is an opportunity. As I said earlier, you never grow by contracting. And again, we, we talked about Harvard Business article. McKinsey's done studies on this. Forrester, they've all done studies. This, Recession is nothing new. There have been over 12, about 12 recessions since 1946. Yeah. This is nothing new. So look at it historically. Again, those companies that perform the best mm-hmm. during the recession and after recession, all of them invested during the economic downturn. They did longer term projects. They actually hired people. They did more marketing and they had better results, right? So that would be the first thing you've got to invest during the economic downturn. I think now's a great time on a tactical level, invest in video. Video is where people are right now. 
Right? And I'm not talking TikTok. TikTok is, is a tactic. I'm talking at a high level strategic. Invest in video, right? Where in everything you do right now, ask where can video play a role or where can video record a win? On the HR side, on the consumer side, your website, landing pages, all kinds of things you can do. If you're doing mergers, we have some of our clients who are doing mergers. So we've done some videos for the merger side of things, right? Don't be boring in your videos. You can do member, you can do consumer, customer, and member testimonials with video, short clips here and there, all kinds of things you can do. So I would definitely invest in video. And then as I said earlier, assess your marketing. You absolutely, now is the perfect time to assess your marketing you, because marketing has changed forever. And if you're not assessing what's working and what's not in marketing, you're just like throwing darts blindly at the dartboard. You've got to be able to assess it. And now's the perfect time to do so. So those are three quick tips I'd give. So I want to make a couple of connections here. Number yep. one, about investing. Investing in, I would say really yourself. And Nick Kennedy, uh, who's been another guest on the podcast, he's actually up in your neck of the woods, up in Dallas. He was here on episode, I think it was 228. Yeah, 228. Uh, the Good Entrepreneur's Take on Leadership and Coaching. He posted this on LinkedIn. Invest in yourself like your life depends on it, um, which mm -hmm. I think that is really key. The other point you made was about video. Um, episode 183 with Marcus Sheraton, we talked about connecting through cameras. He wrote a book. He was a co-author of a book called The Visual Cell. And I like the idea of, of video. And I was actually talking about this in early podcasts going all the way back to probably like episode, you know, 25 and before that, because mm -hmm. that we launched the podcast at the height, the start of the pandemic. And I said, there's no better way to communicate courage and confidence than to communicate through video. Yes, written word yes. is fantastic, but when you're talking to people in tough economic times, video is a great way to literally show that you are leading from a place of confidence. And I think that's the key. Yes. As a leader, confidence is like one of your most precious assets. Confidence is like oxygen as a leader. You lose your confidence, people are going to see that. So let's unpack that for just a minute. The opposite of confidence is fear. Opposite of confidence is fear. And as a leader, do you have a fearful mindset about the current economic situation or do you have a confident mindset? As a leader, if you're sitting in that C-suite or even in that mid-level, if you can have confidence heading into mm -hmm. an economic diner, you'll win. And so don't be, do not be fearful of it. Look for ways to invest in yourself, invest in your people, invest in marketing, and you'll have that confidence to win, to grow. You can absolutely grow during economic downturn. Absolutely can do it. I think, you know, let's dive deeper even further into that because the, the opposite of confidence you said is fear. I think why people fear is because the opposite of clarity they, they have a lack of confidence because they have a lack of clarity. And what's the opposite of, of clarity? It's, it's confusion. And that's where, let's loop all this back together. That's where an ongoing education can provide clarity into future growth opportunities that we might not be perceiving, that we might not be seeing because of our experiences up to this point haven't allowed for that. So as, as we start to wrap up here, I, I want to get just kind of a hot take from you. Sure. Because it's it's perfect. It's like as we're looking towards the future, what are you feeling most hopeful, most energized, most confident about when it comes to financial brand marketing? So consumers, because of the economic downturn, they are going to be hurting. They're going to be in some financial pain. So I'm optimistic that community banks and credit unions can meet their pain, can heal their pain, can help them. Mm -hmm. That's what gives me confidence. I like that. 
can can heal their pain. And when yes. and, and I think at the core of marketing, you know, to bring this all the way back to the beginning of our conversation, whether that be an external activity for growth, external growth, new accounts, deposits, loans, etc., or an internal activity with employees and the collaboration with HR, it's all boils down to communication. And if mm-hmm. we can communicate with clarity, cures to people's pain points, we position ourselves not as a commoditized product, but as something far richer, far deeper, far more valuable to guide people beyond the pain of the present moment towards a bigger, better, brighter future, right? No one cares about your products and services. They care, are you solving their pain points? So what pain points are you solving? But they need to know that. And if you cut marketing during an economic downturn, they're not going to know that. And so you're not going to help them with their pain. I want to get real practical. Yep. For the dear listeners, we always wrap up with it just, you know, to guide them forward, a very small, simple step that they can take next because all future growth begins with a small, simple step in the present moment. What is one thing that you would recommend the dear listener to do, to commit to, to maximize their future growth through marketing during tough economic times? One thing going forward. First thing I do, I would do a marketing assessment. I would come in and, and, and look and just assess your marketing and say, hey, what's working and what's not because... While you need to invest in marketing, you don't want to invest willy-nilly. So you've got to make sure that those marketing dollars you're spending are being spent wisely. Mm. So the very most practical thing is just do a quick marketing assessment, find out what's working, and come back with some strategies and tactics to improve yourself. What are three things that the dear listener could very practically look at from this idea of an assessment? Because once again, I think this is where the overwhelm begins to creep in. It's like, oh my gosh, mm. there's so many things that we could look at. But to get really, really focused, to get really, really tight – from an assessment, from a diagnostic, three things that the dear listener should look at. Number one, have an outside person look at it because you're too close to it. You can't see the blind spots, right? Yep. So that'd be is, is get an outsider's opinion. I think second, be honest. Mm. Don't just say, "Oh, it's all going good." Just really, you know, take the good, the bad, and the ugly. And then three, follow up. Keith Ferrazzi famous says follow-up is the key to success in any business. So don't just do the assessment and be done with it. Follow up. Do it. So those are just three quick practical tips. Outside uh, opinion, follow up, and then make sure uh, that you're really focusing in on, on and be honest. Tell the truth. I say that all the time. That's one of the big things in Banking on Change. All transformation that leads to future growth starts by telling the truth about where you've been, where you are, and where you can go next. Mark, it is so great to to share time with you today. Thank you for your knowledge and wisdom. What is a great way for the dear listener to continue the conversation that we started here today? Yeah. Thanks so much, James Robert. It's been a real honor uh, to be on your podcast. It really, really is. One of the highlights of my career is going to be on this podcast. So thank you. Uh, They can uh, follow me at Mark arnold.com that's our website uh, all kinds of solutions we can help you our focus is to help community banks and creations grow so just hit our website at markarnold.com or you can just simply email me uh, mark at markarnold.com is my email address mark at markarnold.com uh, or hit me up on linkedin uh, you can just search search mark arnold and you'll find me on linkedin so, connect with mark anyways. learn with mark mark can help you with an assessment as well that we're talking about here today and ultimately grow with Mark. Mark, thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Banking on Digital Growth. This has been a lot of fun today, buddy. Thank you, James. I really appreciate it. Great always to be with you. As, too long. as always, and until next time, be well, do good, and make your bed. Thank you for listening to another episode of Banking on Digital Growth with James Robert Lay. To get even more practical and proven insights along with coaching and guidance, 
Visit digitalgrowth.com insider to join a community of growth-minded marketing and sales leaders from financial brands and fintechs. Until next time, be well and do good.